Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. of the Hollow Sports Podcast. I'm Kelsey here today with just DJ. Uh, we finally had football. Throughout all the quarantine, the one positive side was football is coming back. And it's finally back. It took long enough, but I'm glad nothing stupid has happened yet, knocking on wood violently. <laughs> but before we get to that, there is a bigger issue to, to cover. Uh, the Nugs smoking the clips in Game 7. I, I, I'm sorry, I had to steal your line. You gave it to me. You first fed it to me. It was so good I had to use it. But, you, you know, we, we talked about it in our, in our predictions that everything we say about the Clippers could become null and void if the Nuggets beat them. And lo and behold, it happened. So not only did they beat them, they whooped that ass in the second half. It was not even close. This looked like the Clippers of every other year before this year ever in the history of Clippers. Like, they, you subtract a few letters and Los Angeles Clippers turns into Los Angeles losers, and that kind of fits. They look terrible. I... 
Kawhi, what, what happened, man? Like, you, I don't want to hear. He did his part this series. He cared. He was like, oh, him and PG were like, oh, for 13 or whatever it was in the second half. Like, that's embarrassing. Like, this whole, I'm just going to go off on a separate tangent and come back here. Kawhi and LeBron, separate those guys right now. He is not in that category. Kawhi, Giannis, they are not in that category right now. LeBron and Kevin are over here, and they're top two-ish players. Then there's a gap, and then you can get the Giannis's, the Kawhis, and squad like that. So just throwing that out there now, I love Kawhi as much as the next guy. I had him as arguably the best player at the end of last year in one of our podcasts. But he just kind of – he's got a – it's kind of like when LeBron lost to the Mavericks, so like get him out of that conversation. He doesn't deserve to be top five. He earned his way back. Kawhi's got to earn his way back, and he probably will. Probably by, like, what, the season starts in, what, October next year, whatever? Not uh, November. November. So by December, I might be like, oh, oh yeah, Kawhi, you're top three again. Yeah, no, he – I mean, honestly, this is this is crazy to see just how he didn't show up because he has such a simplistic game that it's hard to imagine him not showing up. It's just – it's so efficient, you know. It's, it's just so – there's not really ever been a guy that's shut him down for real because he – can't really shut him down if that makes sense it, he doesn't have a game that can get easily clamped up like Giannis he's his game is simple dribble dribble euro step dunk dribble dribble spin move dunk like so you can kind of shut him down to the playoffs if you build an iron wall that anyone would be proud of to have defending their land basically where with Kawhi since he has that mid-range game and he has an efficient three you would think oh he'll just have if he can't get a shot going he'll drive he'll figure it out just couldn't get anything going looked like he was there was, like, reports that they were tired and stuff, too. I'm like, you are kidding me. You've been load managing all season. Yeah. You had a pandemic break up the season halfway through. You had a hard first-round series, so maybe that played in, but there's, I just don't get it. Like, this was the clip. This is why they are the Clippers, and they will always be the Clippers. Even as the prohibitive favorite, this happens. And with all due, and I should just say, too, credit to the Nuggets. Back-to-back times being down 3-1. Back-to-back times, Jamal Murray, Jokic, and squad take over. Jokic could not be stopped. They had no answers. Kawhi can't guard him. PG can't guard him. Trez can't guard him. Trez, PG, and Kawhi, and Pat Beverly can't guard him. And if they do, Jamal Murray gets you 40. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jamal Murray, not to be not to be overshadowed by Jokic, even though that's a big, tall man. Jamal put up 40 as well, and that's just that's insane. The dude, uh, the, I, I said it in our, in our predictions. I, I if there's a moment for Jamal Murray's career to just explode, he's taking it by the reins right now. I think he might be – we talked about Luka being the player of the bubble. Well, he Jamal is the player of the playoff bubble right now. This is insane. The playoffs – it's Jamal's world and we're living in it when it comes to playoff time. Him and Jimmy Butler. I mean, Jimmy Butler gets some credit for the playoffs too. Like, those two are running these playoffs. Even though it's hard to say Jamal is the player of the playoffs when he has been down 3-1 twice. But then in those four games afterwards, it's like, oh – that's the guy, but... But others, has he lost a series yet? <laughs> exactly why he's in this conversation, even though he's been down 3-1 twice. But credit to the Nuggets that Jokic and Murray almost look like a 2020 version of Shaq and Kobe, maybe. Like, not nearly as dominant, but the two-man game, the big man and the point and the guard, it's, it's a 2020 version without the, oh my god, they're crushing everybody. If that it, it actually reminds me more of the Pal and Kobe era in the way that Jokic can pass as well. Powell is that guy, that point man, where they play it into Powell, and Powell just, he literally can just dish it to any spot on the court, and then, you know, Kobe's scoring. But it's kind of even more deadly because Jokic has a shot, and it can, it, 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 I mean, we're not talking just like a shot. like Not a mid-range it's, shot. Yeah, it's, it's a shot. Like, the it's dude can hit threes, he can hit, 
mid-range fades. He can hit turnarounds. Runners like, in the lane off of a two it, of a, a five-four forty dribble up the middle. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense that he has one of the nicest runners in the league as a seven-footer. Like you're just like, what? No, get. That's not fair. You're already releasing it 10 feet in the air. Now you're just going an extra 10 feet in the air and dropping perfectly. Thank God you don't play too much defense because this would just be stupid. Like, yeah. Thank God you're not also, you know, Rudy Gobert on the defensive end because then this just wouldn't they, – they would not be down 3-1 if that was the case. They'd be 8-0 in the playoffs if that was the case. That's insane. But So now we have for, to look forward to Lakers, Nuggets. Um, that'll be a good series. But before we get to that even, uh, you mentioned Jimmy Butler. Well, game one happened. And uh, it wasn't Jimmy that we're talking about. I don't know. Jimmy did it that clutch three at the end. But but. it's all about that bam at the rim. I mean, come on. Bam. That's pretty much all that you could (laughs) – he has the perfect name for that moment. Probably the second best playoff block in modern recent history for us, at least in our – obviously prisoner of the moment speaking. But, like, as far as timing, the intensity, the moment, Eastern Conference Finals, you're down by one. Jason Tatum is having himself a game up until the fourth quarter, really is going down to yam it for the lead. Bam's wrist does should not bend that way, but he still is strong enough to not just reject it, but it rejects Jason Tatum into the ground. Yeah. Like, that was one of the... That and LeBron's block, I can't think of any better blocks in modern playoff history, really. I mean... Well, I think there's there's two LeBron blocks that stick in my head. One when he was, when he was with the Heat, and then the, the chase down. Definitely the, one, the chase. The ones block. we're staring at, staring at on our wall right now. <laughs> I'll definitely go with the chase down. The one with the heat where he blocked Tiago Splitter was pretty gangster, but it was still Tiago Splitter kind well, of. Well, I'm just thinking in playoff moment. I think those those three to me stand in, in the forefront. I definitely think the chase down is the block right now, but this band block is. It's right below it, considering yeah. the moment of the game too, where when he destroyed Tiago Splitter was not even in crunch time really. Yeah, it was the, early in the second quarter, something like that. Yeah, like all three awesome. But this one was – and the fact that his wrist bent so far back looking at it in slow motion, I'm like, how did you get enough force from that? Like, that doesn't – yes, Kawhi's middle finger is powerful. That's cool. But he did it on a guard too. What, Bam did it on Jason Tatum, who's probably similar size to him, a little smaller. but And that's an, a guy who's proven to be an elite scorer in the playoffs, minus and, that fourth quarter. And an elite finisher. I mean, we're talking about a guy who has dunked over the likes of AD, LeBron, Giannis. Like, you name it. On defense, he's probably dunked on him or come close to dunking on him. He's got that youthful, he's got that youth, youthful exuberance and a little bit of youthful ignorance to just charge down there and be like, <laughs> "I'm six nine, I played at Duke, I got this." Yeah, and, and nine out of ten times he's right. Well, maybe eight out of ten times, but this happened to be one of those times. Yeah, it was, you know, it was a fantastic game, and for it to be capped off that way, I, I, I love seeing Dwayne Wade's Twitter feed after that. Uh, just my heart can't handle this anymore, guys. I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> And then, of course, Tyler Hero. That man is not a rookie anymore. He hit so, that big three he hit down the stretch, too. After faking a three, taking a drill, he's like, nah, screw it, I got this. And that's literally Patrick Mahomes, screw it, Tyreek Hill down there somewhere, deep throw. He did that at th- for a three-pointer in the Eastern Conference Finals. That that man, he should have been on the rookie. I know the rookie all-first team was probably already voted on before the playoffs, but they need to just rebuild that now and get Ty- Tyler Hero on there with his teammate done, too. Yeah, no, it it definitely sucks. It's like you sit and look at it, you're like, okay, yeah, the bubble stuff didn't doesn't count towards the awards. But I'm like, I'm looking at these bubble guys. Tyler Hero came into the bubble no longer being a rookie, in my opinion. He came into the bubble firing, and he's had a good rookie season too. He's in the conversation. It's not like prisoner of the moment like this. Like yeah. he's clearly has proven it. Yeah, he had a couple game winners before the the pandemic. Like obviously, Ja Moran was clearly the rookie of the year. No one's arguing that, but. 
Tyler Hero had a strong case for him and Dunn had a strong case for two and three on that list. I know everyone loves Zion and he had his moments and his. Spurts. I'll leave my words on Zion. I or and even R.J. Barrett too. They just I, like Zion like points per minute, like stuff per minutes played, all that stuff. He is fantastic, but you played so few minutes. You only played six minutes a game, <laughs> and they were managing you because of being exhausted in the bubble, like in a playoff stretch or whatever it was, where it basically like we don't want him to get tired, like. You can't have that as a 19-year-old, 20-year-old rookie. Like, he'll yeah. be fine. I'm not worried. But, like, I don't know how I feel about him being on first-team All-NBA, honestly. I just – then when I see Tyler Hero's gangster self over here helping co-carry a, East, an East, a Heat team to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. No, it's it's crazy to see. Um, you know, we, again, this is another thing we talked about in the, the predictions. Tyler Hero, man, if you give that man the ball in crunch time and – he will be your hero. Like yeah. no, I'm not. No pun intended. Enrique Iglesias saw this coming. He wrote this song basically, <laughs> and the Tyler Hero was born. So maybe he saw this coming. Hey, the way he's the way he he, he uh, spins those R's in that song, he might he might have a double R in there. He might have. He was onto something too. <laughs> but no, so you know, basketball is man. This is crazy. They just released first team All NBA as long as all the rookie uh, Luca made it. James Harden. I still. Eh. It's hard to argue when he's a scoring champion again. Yeah. But like it's. That's the only one you can argue with. I mean, maybe Jokic should have been on there, but Jokic has been more dominant in the bubble than he was in the right. So I yeah, can't really no, argue I mean, with it too much. I mean, looking through all the teams, I mean, yeah, the only one that I really have a question of is why is Tyler Hero not first team All Rookie? That's the only one, really. Yeah, like really, that's that's the number one. Is you're just like why? Like, I mean, maybe I would like if Dame Lillard wasn't hurt and we included the bubble. I think he has to make first team over James Harden in that regard. But since we didn't include the bubble, you can't. He was injured and stuff. You kind of have to put him on the second team, as awesome as he was. Like, I just I didn't hate any of them really, besides James Harden, Matt, and Tyler Hero. What are you doing? Why? Is yeah, that? like that's, I'm right there with you. That was the James Harden, and you, this also comes from the guy who didn't pick Luca to have a great year this year. I'm still kicking myself for those words, and uh, Luca proving me wrong with all his magic, and he's just. He's different because he's the point guard who's not a point guard. He's like what LeBron's doing now at the Lakers, but he's doing it as, in his second year where he's like, all right, you're a forward, but we're having you actually play point guard. Like It, it reminds me of what they talked about with Ben Simmons when he came in the league, what he was supposed to do. So for Luka's like, oh, hold my beer, guys. Like, I can finally drink a beer. But <laughs> I don't even think, can you drink a beer? Yeah. I, I think he just turned 21 in the bubble or just before the bubble. It's, it's crazy. The dude's barely old enough to, to hold a liquor bottle, let alone – we don't even know if he can drink from the liquor bottle. <laughs> Meanwhile, I have to crack myself like four times to get out of bed and take pills to survive. So yeah. here we go. <laughs> well, talking about taking pills to survive, a lot of these NFL players. This is a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> I can already tell where you're going with this. Uh, crazy weekend. Our picks, well, let's just say didn't look promising. Some look good. Others, not so much. I still stand by my pa- – my, not my patient. <laughs> my <laughs> Chiefs pick. Uh, they look good at least. Yeah, that you don't get too much credit for that when you pick the prohibitive favorite. Look, that's the only pick I had that <laughs> looked good. I got to take the one. Um, but uh, I guess we'll get started. Uh, I'll let you take the reins on this one. Um, your Colts team. So I'll go with my Super Bowl pick. And speaking of catching the L, they caught a fat one. And we're going to start off. The, we're just going to go down the list of things that we talked about. when We all had them in the playoffs, and I had them as the Super Bowl representative slash winner. Part of it was defense. That was the worst defense performance I have seen in a long, long time when you consider everything. You have a full rack of healthy players. You're going against arguably the worst team in the league on paper, at least how we all rated into. None of them had them exactly as a world beater, maybe just in a pain in the, pain in the you-know-what down the stretch. Yeah. A quarterback with a noodle arm who has, who's not bad. He's probably starter quality, but he's not really someone you 
Look, he's, the flying jorts, he's, uh, he's, he's not the most promising deep ball thrower. You see him as a Chase Daniel type of quarterback, not a future, like, not a Tua or any of those type of guys. He had 19 of 20 and threw three touchdowns to three different receivers. He pieced that defense apart and looked comfortable doing it. He got sacked a couple times because he ran around. I was like, oh, wait, I'm still Uncle Rico. And still made a few boneheaded plays to get sacked. But you couldn't really force pressure other than that. You couldn't force an incompletion even. I mean, nope. I, it was rough. To force Buckner had one hit while after Gardner Minshew ran for a few yards that I saw. He didn't really get too much pressure. The secondary, oh, my God, like, even Madden defenses are better than that, and Madden's not exactly known for being smart. So, yeah, you and, think you think without them having Fournette, you could easily just sit on these routes that are coming your way, and no, not even a little bit. Some <laughs> undrafted rookie gets like four and a half yards, and then on offense, Philip Rivers have yourself a pretty decent day. I mean, three hundred plus yards, third in the league in passing yards after week one, but all of it was five yard dinks to the running backs. Which, when you got that offensive line, why not? And that's core running backs, but. He looks like he struggled to push the ball downfield and the decision-making. He's still Phillip Rivers. He's gangster. He will win you some games just by being more gangster than everybody. But in the same token, he will lose you games by thinking he's more gangster than everybody at the same time. That second pick he threw to, I don't even know his name, is some guy with a long mullet from Wyoming playing safety, somehow guarding Paris Campbell over the middle instead of you know looking anywhere else on the field. He zeroes in and whips it to him with his goofy throwing motion. Speaking of Paris Campbell, though, that was a bright spot. Last year, injuries absolutely decimated his rookie season. He had like eight catches for 80 yards. Didn't drop anything. Had an end around where he picked up 15 yards, and it probably would have been nice if he didn't flex in Miles Jack's face right afterwards to get a penalty to go with it. But he, he looked promising, so it's nice considering T.Y. didn't look the best. You clearly have a second option if T.Y.'s double teamed or guarded by number one corner. Even though C.J. Henderson kind of shut him down for the most part. It was not... I. Well, maybe not shut down, but he made the plays that he needed to where T.Y. just kind of made some catches here and there, just ones that happened. Not too worried. It's week one, obviously. Like, we don't want to overreact too much, but this is indicative of what's going to come this season. I'm going to change my pick next week from the Colts. I'm going to retract that real quickly. Too. Yeah. Especially with Marlon Mack going out with the Achilles. That one hurts a lot because we all love Marlon Mack around here. I mean, it's the return of the Mack. He's, it's a real shame because this year, him and Jonathan Taylor were expected to be a 1-2 dynamic punch. And Marlon Mack in a contract year, this had this had 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns, pay the man written all over it. And unfortunately, it goes down like that. So you feel for the guy. Naeem Hines, the, the little scat back, Darren Sproles 2.0. He Darren had, Sproles on crack? Basically, yeah, had <laughs> two touchdowns for him. So maybe he fills the role a little bit. And Jonathan Taylor takes the heavy carries, who, by the way, that is 4-3 speed that he ran, and it looks in the NFL. I know there are questions coming out of Wisconsin. The few times he touched the ball for the Colts, he looked like he had 4-3 speed. So, If not faster. like That was a big man running real quick. So, All in all, for my Super Bowl pick, catching an early L to what I think is going to be one of the worst teams in the league, I think they'll be okay. They just You can't let that happen again. Phillips got to be smarter with the ball on offense. You gotta, I mean, they left so many points on the board. They missed a 30-yard field goal like Adam Vinatieri was kicking again. On fourth and three, you run in, get stuffed with Naeem Hines, and then just some reckless plays here and there. So... It's not too big of a deal. I mean, every team loses at least one game they should. So I'm going to stick with my Super Bowl pick. But, boy, that, that rope got real, real thin, and that ice got that ice is starting to crack a little bit. Like, I'm, I can't step to the left or the right because that, that ice might crack all the way through. So <laughs> I feel you. Uh, you know, going from your Super Bowl pick to my flyer of a pick <laughs> in the Dolphins, going up to New England and facing that Cam Newton. That running attack, honestly. like That Cam Newton monster <laughs> up there with Josh McDaniels 
drawn up everything. Um, every form of Cam run with the ball. However, yeah. we every weird dynamic that just says Cam take off. Look, I mean, I didn't have okay, I didn't have the Dolphins losing or winning Week One against the, the Patriots. I did think Cam would win this, but I'll be honest. That team that showed up to face Cam did not look like a team that's going to win more than three games. They look more interested in grabbing Cam Newton's chain than actually tackling Cam. Yeah, that was ridiculous afterwards. But, no, like, I mean, Bravo, look, I'm a full Cam supporter, have been since day one. Uh, Love what he does on and off football field. Sometimes it's a little crazy, but it's it's part of the the character. (laughs) Um, But, honestly, like, I love it for him to watch him, but I hate it for my pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> made the Dolphins look absolutely terrible, but it is getting closer to to a time in Miami, so that's when my my magic really starts on on this team. But no, I mean, yeah, this is fantastic to watch for Cam. He looked great passing, looked great running. There were still some mistakes, obviously, wasn't perfect, but but I saw something in New England I hadn't seen in a long time. A lot of guys having fun, a lot of creativity too. Like it was. People playing football, not working football. You yeah. can tell. Josh McDaniels, you know he loves Cam right now, too. Oh, yeah, and those linemen. Oh, man, Joe Thune got in on some celebrations, dude. He looked like he was having a blast. And it's like Cam actually had a really cool reason why he gave him the ball to Spike, too. How they were both kind Because of, he was out all of last year with blood clots on his lungs. So he's like, he's been in the same boat I have as far as missing last year, needing to come back and prove something. So I thought that was really cool, too. Like, oh, yeah. And he was his lead blocker on that that fake end around. And exactly. Like, revert. I don't even know what to call it. It was literally like... A Cam fake end around naked boot, like it was a naked boot keeper type thing. Kind of reminded like, me what Alex Smith did in the playoffs. Couple against, against the Saints, yeah. yeah so heck, yeah, that's just. I mean, it was it was fun to see because it wasn't just like, okay, you're gonna line up in a full Panther package in the reverse full house and you're gonna run behind three linemen. No, it was like we're gonna draw this up creatively. We're gonna come out in shotgun. We're gonna fake some things. We're gonna give some eye candy. We're going to try and avoid you running into a brick wall. Like, if you get hit, it's going to be a one-on-one tackle on the edge. So, preferably, you're not getting hurt. Like, it mitigates you running into a brick wall. It's a corner. It's a safety. It's not. It's an athletic linebacker hitting you from the side, not square. It's not Raekwon McMillan up the middle, you know. (laughs) Not hitting you square in the face either. They're tackling you on the side. And you can get down, which you'll see them coming, too. So, there are options for you. And then there are talks now for the Patriots. Uh, I don't know if you've been keeping up with these, but. uh, Oh, yeah. Odell Beckham possibly coming to the Patriots land, which. I find hilarious if he ends up there because that'd just be that'd be dirty. That would that, oh, that would throw all of our AFC's picks I'm, out of whack. If if Odell ends up in New England, first of all, I have to say this: you went from having Tom Brady and a very very businesslike approach where there's no celebrations. Your goofiest celebration mm-hmm. is Tom Brady not getting high fived on the sideline. And then you go to Odell and Cam. Yeah. Then you go to first of all Cam doing his Superman celebration. When he runs one in, and, and now Wakanda. you're gonna throw Odell in with whatever Odell does. That's a wild card. Peeing on the ground like a dog, or whatever he wants to do. Like, who it, knows with that guy? There's too many things you can be thinking of with with Odell. It's, that'll be the first time in Odell's career he's the number two celebrator on the team, too. Yeah, and, and it might be just what Odell needs. So something to pull him out of the spotlight. Um, I, I wouldn't hate that trade, depending on what they have to give up, especially because yeah. their defense looks as good as ever. They, sh- I know it was Fitzpatrick, and I know Devontae Parker got hurt, which, speaking of teams that need receivers, your Dolphins could look at Allen Robinson or Odell and be like, hey, uh, we need you for when Tua time starts. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if Miami could handle the Odell train. Um, just Not with Fitzpatrick, but with Tua. Well, I don't I know. Mean, Fitzpatrick did like just chucking it up to Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson for roughly yeah. two and a half weeks. So we'll see. I don't know. It's, it, this, is, this, game, this game means honestly not a whole lot in the long term because week one for this division is kind of like who cares because 
this division doesn't really matter until week seven. That's when it starts to pick up. Anyway. Yeah, uh, that's always how this division has been like throughout my lifetime that I can think of. I mean, the the Patriots always seem to lose a division game in the month of September. It was mandatory. Like, yeah. Or so. they just lose a game. They'd be like two and two in September. It's like, oh no, they're got. Oh wait, they're in the Super Bowl again. Gosh dang it. <laughs> oh, they went undefeated, ran the table, and won one Super Bowl. Oh, okay, all right, whatever. I'll say for Miami though, Miles Gaskin, an undrafted kid, just. Getting some carries. I mean, we've talked about Matt Breida and Jordan Howard, a seemingly deep running back core. Matt Breida didn't – I didn't. don't even remember seeing the field. Jordan Howard, I think, had a score, but it was like seven carries for 10 yards. Yeah. He did, well, he did what you talked about. <laughs> Within two yards, Howard's getting the ball. <laughs> they basically just bammed him into the brick wall. They're like what they, we talked about, don't do it with Cam. They did it with Jordan Howard. And then yeah. Miles Gaskin, that's interesting guy to look out for because he didn't look too bad. Had some quick feeds, some good cuts. Yeah, it was, came out of that UW program, and they're usually well-run. A lot of players come out of there, even if they're not superstars, they're quality NFL players. Vita Vita. Yeah. And this is on. it. Like, I mean, especially running backs out of Washington, you look at them, they're just – they're nothing fantastic on the – like, all, they're not going to jump off paper at you. But they produce but somehow. It's they're going to be 4.6 to 4.7 speed. They're going to have a very smooth running style, straight up the field. They'll take a hit. They'll, they'll juke a guy, but it's not going to be like – we're not we're not talking Barry Sanders, but we're talking like not a lot of Saquon Barkley out there. Yeah, <laughs> we will get you yards. We just won't make we just won't make your top ten Sports Center highlights. But basically, exactly. All right, what's the next game you got covering? Well, I guess I'll have to just go straight to the game of the week with Tampa Bay and the Saints. Your NFC Super Bowl pick, yeah. and honestly, probably a lot of other people's pick in the Saints. Honestly, I had the Saints winning this game. I mean, it shouldn't be really a shock, but the way the Buccaneers came out, marched right down the field. Tom Brady gets a QB sneak score. It's like, oh, here we go. They're rolling, and the Saints look bad. Two-yard quarterback sneak, by the way. Exactly, and it doesn't even look planned. It looked like Tom's like, yeah, there's a hole there. I'm going to take it. Yeah. And the Saints look a little rough early. The, the Buccaneers look good. Then it flips on its head on the turn of a dime, and Drew Brees is throwing dimes. Alvin Kamara scoring touchdowns. And Tom Brady's throwing pick sixes. He's looking rattled. I know Mike Evans wasn't 100%, but he still had Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, O.J. Howard, your boy Gronk. Ronald Jones was looking pretty good. I don't. It looked like Tom Brady of last year, honestly. Just the difference was this time he had weapons and he was still a little bit off. Like, like we said, week one, next week Tom Brady's going to throw for like 300 yards and three touchdowns or whatever it is. Like, but I think we're starting to see a little bit of Tom Brady, not quite Tom Brady anymore. He just didn't look like Tom yesterday. It looked like he was guessing. Um, I don't know. It, I don't know if, if that's what maybe maybe I'm imagining that, but it looked like a lot of his like his picks they weren't. It, it, he's always looked confident throwing the ball in, in his career, but it looked like, especially last year, now this year, it looked like his the ones he messes up, messes up on. It looks like he's second guessing what he's seeing on the field. I don't know if maybe some defenses are changing some things at the last second, throwing him off a little bit, maybe dropping somebody who's not supposed to be in coverage in coverage. But it didn't look that way. But it just looked like he's not confident in where he's throwing the ball, and it's just selling on him. It's very possible. It could maybe the Saints defense is just that good and they adjusted off that first drive. Who knows? Maybe they knew kinda like, all right, we've played this team before. We kinda know a little bit of what we know their players. And the quarterback's less likely to just huck it, which is good for us, but at the same time less picks. But it's good for us because it's less likely Mike Evans or Chris Godwin's just gonna torch us. Yeah, it's you know, it's, it's crazy to think about. And they still made it a relatively decent game. It was like what, twenty four to thirty seven, something along those lines. I can't remember the exact yeah, score. It so. wasn't a brow beating by any means. It wasn't it was promising for 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 Tampa, but 
I don't think we can call them Tampa just yet. Just uh, not the Tampa Bay Gronkineers, just the yeah. Tampa Bay Bucks for now. Yeah, but just 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 now. They're not the Orange Circle Bucks though. We haven't we haven't reached full full Orange Circle. I think they're still better than last year. I just don't know if they're quite like that unbeatable, unstoppable machine, the the dream team, if you will, to mock the old 2012 Eagles. Yeah, and well, the Saints like. When Drew Brees isn't forced to chuck it downfield or second guess himself, which he had to do a little bit early, he looks pretty good. He can still throw dimes. He can still he has perfect touch for corner routes, even though he has no arm strength anymore. I think it's gonna be the same thing. They'll get to the playoffs, but I think they're gonna flame out. They look like the same team, even with Mike Thomas out for a handful of weeks. They'll be okay. It's okay when you got Money Man Kamara back there. He did not disappoint too. I mean, he had a little bit of a rough start getting hit behind the line. He's like, oh wait, Alvin Kamara, I got paid. I got this. <laughs> Let me show you guys what I just earned. Hang on, this is why I'm the second highest paid running back. And you got Jared Cook. Like they'll be fine. I just I think their Super Bowl windows closed though. I think this team. I think it'll be the same story when they get to the playoffs. They're gonna get. They're gonna get got kind of early. Their weaknesses will be exposed. There'll be one bad call that we hear about all off season. The usual. You. <sighs> I don't know what it is with the Saints, but they probably have to have the worst luck for a team in the playoffs. Or at least they're the most vocal about it, too. I mean, so they're yeah. obviously not good calls, not arguing that, but they, they definitely are the loudest about it, too. Don't get me wrong. I do remember a certain series in uh, the Cowboys ending in a – was it a touchdown, was it not? When the previous week it was the same thing, and uh, Lions fans are still complaining. But speaking of Lions, Lions-Bears wishing they had a uh, – Anybody but DeAndre Swift catching a ball at the in, at the end of the game. Carry on Johnson catches that. Yeah, no, put carry on in, carry on. You know who will carry you, way, Wayward Sons. Um, but no, yeah, carry on gets left out, and look what happens. Adrian Peterson eats up garbage time and gets garbage yards, and looks good doing it by my, by all means. But he could, he still can run. Clearly, he's still an absolute freak of nature yeah. somehow. Uh, Matt Stafford without Kenny Galladay looking pretty good still. I mean. He made Over 50%, had three touchdowns. It's still a great day, but... He threw the game-winning touchdown. He couldn't have walked over and handed it to you. Any yeah, it should be four touchdowns, <laughs> but you threw it to a running back who they took because he's supposed to be a receiving running back, and he's never been a receiving running back. He was a guy that we put none of, we didn't hate, but we thought there was at least three to four other running backs better, like... Jonathan Taylor? Like Clyde Edwards-Alaire? <laughs> Just in that spot alone. <laughs> like J.K. Dobbins, like all three. Either way, we're not here to trash DeAndre Swift. Just you got to catch that ball or put on in because he will catch that ball considering on Johnson's a very multifaceted running back who, when he has played, has shown real promise in Detroit. I know the knee injuries kind of mitigate it a little bit. Maybe they're worried about it, but. Yeah, you know, it is one of those things like, I was just looking at the stats for it. He only had seven carries for 14 yards. They kind of tried to run him into a brick wall the whole game. He did some good pass pro, though. Yeah. He did but some hey, real good pass pro. Yeah, exactly. He does his job well, and he does it consistently, and that's all you can ask. Um, but kind of looking at it, TJ Hawkinson, man, one touchdown, 56 yards. The rookie, well, second year now out of Iowa, is looking pretty good. Not as, I mean, He's not going to be explosive and drop Gronkowski numbers on you, but that's what more you want from a tight end, really, especially when he was drafted because he can block and run. He's not a pure burner, but he's a he's a receiving tight end, but not a vertical threat tight end, if that makes sense. And on the flip side, you look at it and uh, talk a little bit like Alan, about Allen Robinson. Well, he put up 74 yards. Mitch Trubisky did not look like the Mitch we've seen in the last year. It looked like the Mitch we saw that led them to the NFC Playoffs. Well, in the fourth quarter, he looked like those first yeah. three quarters, he was still trash. No, absolutely. But I'm just looking at, I mean, you just look at it 242, three touchdowns, no picks, 20 for 36. Yeah, it came in the third and fourth quarters, but we're still. It won you the game. Yeah, like, he did something that he hadn't done in a year, really. Um, and uh, maybe it's the Nick Foles train calling back there. Maybe. 
And it was also they fed David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen in different ways. They found different ways to get them involved. Yeah, not you didn't just, run Tariq Cohen up the middle of the whole game. You didn't run David Montgomery on toss plays to the to the strong side <laughs> or the weak side with no blocking. And you didn't throw it 54 times like you did in last year's season opener. And then the, I, I do got to say this. Uh, the rise of Jimmy Graham came back again. Uh, tight the end go- is back. The, the, ghost, the ghost of Jimmy Graham is back for another touchdown. The tight end who thought he should be paid like a receiver. Yeah. But, no, I mean, I, you look at this game, and this is another game that – now, this one actually does mean something for the, the NFC North uh, because every game in the North is going to mean something. But when you're all splitting a game is what I have them doing. I have every single team splitting a game in this division. I don't know. After the Packers-Vikings, though, maybe the Vikings – or maybe the Packers do a little more – maybe they go 4-2 and two instead of 3-3. and three. I think maybe they sweep somebody. Yeah, it's possible. And uh, it might be the Vikings. <laughs> they sweep, but – uh, no, you just look at this division, and it's tough, and this game kind of showed it. It's a grind, and when it's a grind like this, you can't have a mistake like having DeAndre Swift in on a passing play. And, you know, I look at it this way, though, on the flip side of it. If you're DeAndre Swift, you got to make that catch because they're not expecting you to be that guy to make a catch because you're not a receiving we running joke, back. We joked about it. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire caught their touchdown pass in that exact same situation against Alabama in the end of the second half. So... We know he can do it. Not trying yeah. to completely trash on him. I just love Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I've oh, yeah, I know. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire by himself. We we don't even have the Chiefs scheduled to talk about, but I got to say, that man looks like possible rookie of the year offensive con- like right now. If he gets the touches like he did week one, it's probably going to be a wrap. But he, he looks like a stud. But, yeah, no, I mean, Lions, Bears, ah. I think that's going to be a good division if those teams play like that the rest of the way. If they can stay healthy and they can play similar to that. Because once Galladay comes back, you, the Lions will have a little more vertical threat. Maybe it'll open things up a little more for carry-on and AP and squad. Or maybe they flip carry-on or something like that. Maybe they trade him and get another receiver. I don't hey, know. if they want to trade carry-on, uh, feel free to send him to Dallas. Yeah, uh, Dallas is a lot of things, needs a lot of things, but uh, I don't think a running back is one of them. We'll get to that in a minute. Well, anyway, <laughs> one of the games I wanted to talk about was the Monday night game, the Stephen Gostowski game, as I guess I could call it now, the uh. Titans and the Broncos. First of all, no Cortland Sutton, and it kind of showed for the Broncos, really young and receiver. Jerry Judy had some beautiful releases off the line. You showed some veteran moves, and then he showed some rookie moves, trying to get yards after a catch before catching the ball. Dropping a few of them, not sometimes just missing, missing a few plays here, like cutting his route off. So what you'd expect, Drew Locke, he had his moments. He actually had some really good moments. He threw some beauties. But at the same time, I think he was really missing that safety blanket in Cortland Sutton. We talked about Hawkinson, his former teammate, Noah Fant. He looks like they were talking about him as kind of a project tight end. He's just every good as any tight end in football, arguably. Any, not in that elite category with the George Kittles, the Mark Andrews, the Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey. But he can easily make a – he's in that second tier. He's in that conversation as a vertical threat tight end. The defense looked pretty good without Von Miller. I mean, I know Tannehill had a pretty decent day, but they ate Derrick Henry up 30 carries and didn't even crack 100 yards from Derrick Henry. Hey, Josie Jewell, one-on-one with Derrick Henry, stuffs him Backwards. behind the line. I and mean, that I know was like... Derrick Henry's going lateral, but that's still a big man. You're still tack- tackling a steamboat. Like, that's... Wow, just wow. Yeah, that's... Bra- Bradley that's the first time I think I've ever seen Derrick Henry go backwards on a, on a hit. Probably, yeah, and he didn't gain a lot of yards this game. Like There were a lot of plays where it's like he's touched, and the entire team rallies, and he goes down. So, hell of a defensive effort by the Broncos, which after losing Von Miller, there were questions like, how is this defense going to be? The secondary has a little bit of work in some spots, like A.J. Brown should have caught a game-winning touchdown if the, the rookie corner got absolutely toasted. But 
and Bradley Chubb. He's shown, like, they missed him last year, that he can still get after the passer. Offense, Melvin Gordon, he's he has plays. He had, he can make plays. He had the touchdown. He had a nice long scamper. But he's not the same X-factor running back he was, like, two years ago and what we thought going to last year. Since the holdout, he has not been the same. Yeah, and I do think this offense was is very geared towards Philip Lindsay and his play style. Like, I mean, you think you, you got this guy who, as a rookie, made a Pro Bowl his first time ever – and then now all of a sudden you bring in you bring in Melvin Gordon, who is the complete opposite style of a runner, uh, who will happily power it through everything. And it's just kind of like I don't know. I feel like there's some ad- some adapting that needs to be done there from both. But I don't know. I think it, be felt, it felt weird watching Melvin Gordon run plays around the edge. I think once he get once the turf toe injury heals up for Philip Lindsay, I think they'll be okay too. Same with Drew Locke. It's a little bit off. I mean, you have two rookie receivers as your top two outside threats since you didn't have Cortland Sutton, who's your safety guy. So. And the Titans, poor Gostowski, man. Like, you missed three field goals at a PAT. If you don't make that game-winning field goal at the end, you're cut guaranteed. Honestly, I'm honestly surprised you weren't just covered in spite of it. Derrick Henry looks like he can be stopped after all. I mean, it takes takes a damn village and mount, mountain air, basically, but they found a way. Tannehill showed he's worth the money, though. They said, Tannehill, you have to beat us, and he did enough. I mean, because there you had nine, ten points left on the board by your kicker, and you still won the game. Two-minute drill, he drives you down there and throws darts. You don't have a true number one receiver. A.J. Brown's nice. Corey Davis is nice, but they're not. Oh, that's Cortland Sutton or what we think Jerry Judy will be. Tannehill's probably worth the money. He showed it. I mean, I don't know if he'll be Kansas City playing like that or Baltimore playing like that, but, well, actually, he did be Baltimore playing like that, but <laughs> we'll see if he be Baltimore this year playing like that. Yeah, that, that team's... That was a, you that know, was a slaughter. You, you, you talk about A.J. Brown and, and Corey Davis. They remind me of the old Jets with Wayne Corbett, and I can't even remember the second receiver there. But Wayne Corbett was their number one, but he's not really ever been a number one. Where they have, like, multiple number twos and threes. So it's like, yeah. who do you cover? But there's not one guy that demands a double team. So good secondaries will just play man across the board. Yeah. And then but, they got Keyshawn on that team, and that changed everything. Exactly. And it literally made them – that Jets team with Vinny Testaverde was outstanding. And then, yeah, that's kind of all this team's missing. You look at they if they have a number one receiver, a number one, number one, not – An Odell or an Allen Robbins, just a guy was like, okay – that's the guy we need to roll our coverage to in certain situations, or we have to have Stephon Gilmore or something like that to handle him. Yeah, then Corey Davis and A.J. Brown get it, because A.J. Brown's a big play guy. He had 20 yards of reception last year as a rookie, but it's not going to happen as much this year. We're like, all right, well, you're a big play guy, but we put a safety. If we have help over the top, you're not going anywhere, really. You know who they need? It's Darius Slayton. Your boy Darius Slayton can leads the, hey, He leads the league in, in touchdown receptions since week five of last year. He's... He's been an absolute steal for the Giants. We're not really going to talk about the Giants because that wasn't really a great game. Danny no. Dimes had moments, but he threw some bad picks. I have to, I have to call my call my guy out though. He's 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 absolutely blowing it up right now. Darius Slayton's one of the best. Not going to say one of the best receivers in football. He's one of the best young receivers in football coming up. He yeah, could have been a rookie of the year candidate last year. Should have been a rookie of the year candidate, honestly. I mean, should have been in the top four or five if he wasn't already. I, yeah. I know that we already know the top two, but like, well, I guess that brings us to this moment. All right, so. Your NFC East champion, the Sunday night game of the week, a team featuring one, two teams I thought would underperform, and one that you forcefully made yourself pick to overperform. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't like it. I, you know, I have the Rams finishing terribly this year, um, but I had the Cowboys finishing pretty well. And uh, there was one bright spot in this game: Zeke juking four Rams defenders. And that was the only bright spot because then he ruined it by lifting his shirt up and giving me that feed me tattoo 
That was just absolutely awful. Um, not only is it weird to have Feed Me tattooed on you, but your location on it's really weird, too, considering it's, like, bottom part of your tummy. Like, that could be misconstrued so many negative ways, and it just looks kind of... You know what? Not my job to talk about someone's tattoos, but, I mean, you go ahead. Do your thing. Yeah, no, it was just weird. Like, honestly, it was like, don't worry, Zeke. They feed you enough. Look at your face. Like, look... Shows right there in your face. You lead the league in carries since you came into the league, if I'm not mistaken. If not, yeah. you're, in that ca- you're in that conversation. Added another 22 for 96 this you know, today uh, in this game and plus Dak, the receptions too. I mean, yeah, Dak had 30 yards rushing, which I love seeing Dak rush. Uh, on the flip side of that, he missed 14 passes. To, I was going to uh, say he missed 14. Not he had 14 in completions. He missed 14. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, he was 25, 39 and honestly half of them were misses. Uh, the other half were, why are you throwing that at Jalen Ramsey when he is covering Michael Gallup as tight as he is? And then, yeah, that was just not good. Um, but speaking of Gallup, Gallup had, Probably one of the bright spots, along with CeeDee Lamb as well, as far as catching the ball, yards after catch. I will say CD does have a – he's like Jerry Judy. You saw the rookiness in him, like on third and three, you run a one-foot drag route. Like, what, what do you do? Yeah, yeah, you got to do better than that. Man, like, you have to see the first down mark. Like, okay, I'm going there. I know it's a drag route and you don't get depth, but one foot on third and three, to make it a three-yard drag. You got this. Yeah, but no, I got to say the Gallup toasted – Toasted Jalen on a couple routes. So you're just like especially that last Jalen. Are you the highest paid corner? Are you sure? Especially that uh, last play where it was called a push off. Which, in theory, yes, <sighs> but by call, no. Like, if that's if this if we're playing in the street, that you're getting roasted if you try and say that's bi. Look, that's Jalen. You're the highest paid player in the league, and the fact well, you got belt. Oh no, so highest paid corner in the league. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, and I, the fact I heard you Patty just got, yelling at us. From yeah, I know. He's like, "Don't make me bring my ketchup." Uh, don't worry, Patty. You're good with your ketchup over there. Don't make me tell Hy-V to come over there and make a deposit at your house. <laughs> but no, I mean, you literally get burned by the number three receiver now. Two, two, two and a half. Okay, yeah. Until Ceedee Lamb comes into his number two position, but you know, you get burned by this guy. And Dak throws a not a great ball by any means either. It was it was really really good. It, it was know, nice. Don't get me wrong, but honestly, he had room. If you're looking at quarterback play, yeah, he has room for improvement on that ball. But for Dak play, fantastic ball, Dak. Can't really ask for anything more. I mean, you can't ask for more. <laughs> no, exactly. So, but but Jalen, you get beat by Dak and Michael Gallup, and you get saved by a ref, and you're bitching. Like that's this is what happened. You get saved by doing something that you do to every receiver on every play. And you get saved by that bitching. I will say, like, when you extend the arm, that's really tough. It's obvious. It's a dumb rule, but it's the rule. It's the same thing with holding. Like, if the jersey stretches or if you get outside the pads, it's holding. Like, doesn't make me happy, though. It doesn't, and I it, honestly, I'm not even trying to justify it. I'm just saying, like, technically by rules, that's right, but it's still a stupid rule the way and it's laid out. Honestly, Aaron Donald didn't look great again. He had a few game. moments, like he had the sack early. Yeah, a few, he, like, he, killed a, he killed an opposite side guard by just completely missing his bull rush and hitting the, the, the guard. He, he has moments of pure destruction, but then there's like on the goal line, he gets absolutely thrown backwards and twisted. It's like, you're yeah. Aaron Donald. Like, I'm, I'm not saying you can't get blocked, but you can't get worked. Yeah, I, I feel I, we talked about this while we were watching the game. I feel like when you look at him as an end, he's a fantastic Defensive, like he is what you want as a defensive end. He's like what JJ Watt did in his prime when he's yeah. winning all those defensive players. But just, you look at him as a defensive tackle, and there's work to be done. Like he's just not big enough for a D tackle. Like he used to be bigger, and now he got he's now stronger, like smaller, slimmer, and stronger. But he's not girthy enough to take on three three hundred pounders compared to a three hundred and high two hundred pounder. 
What's on right? the outside. Right now, like when you see him like in his workout videos and stuff, he looks like DK Metcalf, the yeah. way he's built. Like, it's like, okay, you're a different type of athletic specimen. Holy Jesus, that should not be the body of a defensive tackle. Yeah. But then when you put some pure girth coming after him, it's like, well, laws of physics apply here. I mean, like there's a reason I'm at, at 5'11", 180, that's not playing defensive end anywhere. Like there's a reason for that. Exactly. Well, and then there's this part of this game that I was – I didn't really want to talk about, but this – we talked about your Colts and their defense – should be fantastic. No, this, this Cowboys defense as well should be fantastic. Yeah. Um, they, they had some slight moments here and there where they were okay, but as a whole, they kind of underachieved too, especially once Leighton broke his collarbone. Well, didn't break it, but got injured. Yeah, that was five out five to five to six or five to eight weeks with a broken collarbone now um, on a really innocuous tackle. Literally just kind of made a play and then ran off the sideline like, oh, no, my shoulder. And you're just like, what? He's been weirdly injury prone since his like his rookie. Don't call year, him injury. Jerry, no, Jerry, uh, Jerry d- d- doesn't want you to call him injury prone. It's it's rude, quote unquote. He's to been call pr- him injury. Sorry, prone. he's been prone to getting injured <laughs> since his, his rookie year, where he's an absolute phenom. People actually were saying he's the best rookie linebacker over Darius Leonard and Roquan Smith and stuff like that. Blasphemy, but I, that's a different conversation. He's the last two years he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Kind of like Derwin James. They're both two as fantastic when they're healthy, but. I think their body's looking like it's going to betray them, especially with collarbone, neck, the type of injuries he's getting, especially when you already have a neck roll. Like, out of all the things I expect to get injured, when you have that uniform equipment, I expect the last thing to be your neck. Exactly. And then, you know, you sit here and look at these rushing stats. Malcolm Brown, 79 yards and two touchdowns. Who? Literally, didn't this guy die one time on the field and just did – he, did he, is he back again? Or is like, what is, – is he, is he that good or is the Cowboys – Defense is just that bad. You sign three former all pros to this defensive line, and you cut one of them. <laughs> like, how are you guys not stopping a run? You have 600 pounds of girth and new signings in the middle. What are you doing? I wonder if this is a rebirth of the Sean McVay system, maybe? Like, because it, it, we talked about, oh, it's been discovered last year, the stretches and all the fancy dressing. It's not the same. Maybe it was just the Todd Gurley effect didn't work with it. Maybe Malcolm Brown's pretty good, and it's like the old Shanahan system where plug-and-play running backs off the stretch and the bootlegs and that the zone running. But at the same time, no matter what system it is, like you said, 800 pounds of newly acquired all-pro girth if you want throwing Everson Griffin. Oh, and, yeah, uh, I'm not even counting Everson Griffin in that. And, I mean, and Cam Akers came in at, didn't have a whole lot of yards yeah, per carry. 40 yards as well. Jared Goff had a scamper here or there. Like, I and don't then, know. It's, yeah. And then, oh, by the way, let's go to let our top cornerback walk and – uh, let's let's hope Shidabe Awuzie can can fill his shoes. Even though I've already said he needed another year of growth underneath Byron Jones to be good, and then uh, we're gonna also throw out a rookie corner on the other side of him, and we're gonna hope this works. Oh, by the way, Robert Woods puts up 105 yards. Oh, by the way, here's Cooper Cup, who they're rolling their coverage to, and still gets 40 yards while yeah. Robert Woods continues to go off. It's like no, 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 we gotta guard and Cooper. Tyler Cup. Higby, I, you have the fastest linebacking core. If even when Layton's not healthy. And you can't stop a slow, very, very, very slow Tyler. I cannot understate how slow Tyler Higby moves. He's still smoking both of us in a forty. But yes, I, yeah, I get yeah, what you're I'm not keeping up with him. But you know what, Jalen Smith is. You know, and, you have Ha Ha Clint Dix at safety. He should be able to. Yeah, like take your pick. Like forty yards, and every, he averaged thirteen yards a catch. That means he's averaging a first down every catch. Every catch. How is this slow? ungodly, unathletic white guy 
beating every single player on the Cowboys defense. This dude doesn't belong on an NFL field, yet here he is. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I, I'm going that far right now. This is just in, for a supposed top five defense in the league, but well, especially with what you added, everything on paper tells you that this should be a top five defense, and they are playing like a top 65 peewee league football defense. So are you rescinding your Cowboys winning the division pick now? or No, because the division is still so terrible they could win at 6-7. and seven, Or 6-8, and 6-9, whatever six it is. 6-10. Yeah, they could win the division four games under 500 and still... I mean, Washington's already a fifth of the way there, and they had eight sacks. Maybe Washington takes the division. Don't even speak this blasphemy. <laughs> this is, like, I might flip a table at this point in time. All right, so I thought like- I was going to make it through this calm. Now I just, like, I just keep thinking how terrible this defense is. Well, yeah, at least you cut Gerald McCoy, and he could have done anything to stop Malcolm Brown. He could have eaten Malcolm Brown's lunch and then shown it to him on the field, and he would have done more. <laughs> so <laughs> what ridiculous. you're saying is not a fan of the Cowboys, huh? Not after that? Do you have faith in turning it around in week two? I have as much faith as I always have in the Cowboys to do anything positive. So basically you're hoping the Eagles continue to be injured and struggle, and the rest of the division just stays the same. Is 2020 over yet? <laughs> Hasn't even started. Can we, can we drop a bomb on it already just to start over again? Well, I hope not. <laughs> That's how I feel about this season. All right, so we, we there we pretty much have it. The Colts, not quite dead yet. The Cowboys, we don't want to talk about them. The, the rest, Cowboys should be. <laughs> the rest of the season, plenty more to come. Any games this week you really, that really stick out to you? Uh, honestly, I'm excited to see actually how the Colts and Cowboys do respond. Um, you know, especially this, that Colts team, Philip Rivers doesn't do well after losing. How does he kind of spur this team going forward, or does he spur this team, or does he spurn them and it makes it worse? And you have a Vikings team coming off a loss, but the offense did look good in spurts when they had the ball. They put up points. They put up 30-plus on that Packers defense. Yeah. Coming in, into Lucas Oil Stadium, or, yeah, Lucas Oil Stadium. Sorry, I was thinking RCA Dome, like the house. Never mind. <laughs> Clearly, I'm, I'm clearly I'm lost in lost in translation here. But so Dalvin Cooks come in, Adam Thielen, Vikings are coming in looking to bounce back too. Cause they they're not thrilled either. They had a similar game as the Colts did, where you were close, but you just couldn't stop the other team whatsoever. Yeah. So there'll be two teams, kind of dome teams, coming in to put up points. So in theory, that should be a heck of a game too. Yeah, exactly. Then what about you? What about what's, what's your game of the week? That's kind of the one I was looking at, but I think the other one I'm really looking forward to doesn't have as much of a how do they bounce back feeling to it is do they survive the Thursday night game the number one picks Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield Burrow looked really good week one I mean I know they lost and he he had his he had some issues he had like a bad throw here that was picked off that sort of thing 30 yard scramble for a touchdown casually threw the game winning touchdown but AJ Green with that little just extended the arm push off and then Baker Mayfield you just got Odell Jarvis Dick Chubb, a team we all put in the damn playoffs, and I expected to be really. You got I had. You got slapped by the Ravens. It was embarrassing. You were the first team to turn it over. The first team to miss a PAT. The first team to fumble of the season. All the all three of those you got. I still think Kevin Stefanski could turn this around. Nick Chubb needs to get the ball. Kareem Hunt needs to get the ball. Baker needs to get the ball out of his hands. They need to. He needs to be in shotgun or pistol, basically. And, one, two, three, ball's gone. You can't push the ball downfield. It's not Baker's game. He's incredibly accurate. He's got a strong arm. I don't think he can see down the field, honestly. When he, I think that height thing kind of catches him. He has trouble seeing down the field. Yeah. they got to figure it out. Like 
Otherwise, I could see Case Keenum coming in. Case Keenum coming in before long because they need a spark, and Odell could be gone. Like, and the Bengals defense played pretty decently against the Chargers, but we're not really sold. I'm not really sold on Terod Taylor leading them too much farther. Honestly, I had them. At- I, yeah, that Chargers team that that shocked me. That, but then again, it it didn't because it's the Bengals. It was less like somebody has to win and somebody has to lose. Yeah, it, it, that the one thing that that made me question that game is well, maybe the Chargers aren't that bad, but. At the set, well, you're also missing Derwin James, so there's only so long you can go. And you're going against a rookie quarterback with no offseason and a young team with a complete turnover, and you will pretty much lost that game if it wasn't for an arm extension. So yeah, I mean it's it, it it's great for the Bengals, not so great for the Chargers going forward. As far yeah. as like positives and a loss and negatives and a win, that was like the ultimate one, weirdly enough. Yeah. And then the Browns need the bounce back. If they go zero two, I think you almost this is a probably overreaction, but something's got to change because. If it, if it's broke, you got to fix it. It's not one of the. It's bigger struggle. Last year, he had a strong end of his rookie year. Something we got to figure out which one he is right now. This is the time to prove who you are. Yeah, I think honestly, he doesn't. Okay, so this he looks like one of those OG like we talk about with Philip Rivers, an OG competitor. I feel like Baker needs something to challenge him, to like make him want to play better. Like so, I'm thinking in his rookie year. His head coach gets fired and then goes over to the Bengals. And his head coach also said, congratulations, Baker, you won the backup job. So maybe he needs somebody to disrespect him constantly. Yeah, I, like, guess. I, I, I hate to say it that way, but it seems like he's into that weird little S&M type crap. Like, he likes being dominated. Like, I don't get it, man. Like, Does he need someone to come shit on his chest, I guess? I mean, he's on the <laughs> hey, team look, for call, it. So. Ask your buddy Odell for a phone number. I'm sure he's got somebody. That's enough about that now. Okay, so <laughs> that's the game I'm looking forward to, battle of number one overall picks. And do either one of these teams – do the Browns turn it around? Yeah, and then I guess the only other one that I can look forward to this weekend is Buffalo. I just want to keep seeing if they can roll. They look damn good, but it was the Jets, so we'll see. Josh yeah. Allen, he's – I think he's going to be in that can. Brendan might have been on to something. He might be into that MVP run just from pure numbers alone. And if they win, he's running, he's gunning, he's slinging, he's winging. He's he's looking good out there. And you got Stephon Diggs, a true number one receiver, who is, doesn't catch one of your three touchdowns but still has an impact on the game. It opens everything up for everyone Literally, else. Literally, he's, he's the causation of most of those touchdowns. I mean, We're just getting open, just being Stephon them to overreact. Diggs, just being Stephon Diggs over here, it's like, ah, oh, shoot, there goes John Brown. Ah, oh, gee whiz, there goes Devin Singletary. Oh, boy, Zach Moss is in the end zone. Who's that? Oh, yeah, the Utah guy. Great. Yeah, Zach Moss, by the way. He's what? a good pickup for them, I think. I think he's going to be a nice compliment to Devin Singletary. Yeah, and I love Devin Singletary. I love Zach Moss at Utah. I think this – Great combination. One-two punch, thunder and lightning. I, I like this Bills team. We'll have to see as Josh Allen continues to develop. We'll I see guess it. I should say a one-two-three punch because you got Josh Allen still there. You got Josh is the one, the Devin Singletary is the two, Zach Moss <laughs> yeah. is the three. <laughs> but that does it for us today, guys. Uh, we got more coming 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 up soon. Um, NBA Finals coming up, yeah. a lot of good fights. The NFL season continues to roll. Baseball playoffs, it's a great time to be a sports fan. And the Big Ten's coming back to join us, so... College football should actually get fun again, too, as opposed to just what it is now, where it's a little fluky, like who's, who do we watch, what's going on, are three conferences, is there a playoff? Things might be back to normal within the next month or so, depending on what the Pac-12 does. So Yeah, we'll see. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be a fun time. So until next time, guys, thanks for tuning in. Mary 
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tret Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.